For some reason, we all feel like we need to prove we're worth knowing and loving. But what if there's nothing to prove? There's a better way, a way that produces a life that actually works. So let's talk about it together. We do so many things to prove that we are successful and, and worthy of acceptance and attention and love. Even by people we don't know. Like we buy these, these cars to get attention or nice houses or the right clothes, even like the right phones and we get the degrees we, we think people will be impressed with. And the result really isn't what we want. It's just debt and actually no one really cares. Or maybe we think it's like having the perfect family. We try to impress people by having the perfect family and kids that obey and, and are really good at sports and get the scholarship. And we know what happens with that? We really usually end up pushing our kids away and they feel like they can't live up to our expectations. Social media has really exasperated this whole thing. In fact, different people have taking fake pictures in order to get more followers. No one, when this happens, no one really knows the real you. Right? They only know the facade of you and we end up not feeling loved or appreciated and accepted for who we really are. And this isn't anything new. I'm not complaining about culture and society today. In fact, if you go to like the archaeology of ancient people and you look at their graves of their rulers, what do they have? All their gold and everything to show how important they were, even though they're dead. And then there were different laws back in the day of different social classes could only wear certain types of clothes so you knew who you were on the social strata and all of that. Uh, in Rome, people would re the best seats in the Colosseum, the seats of honor were reserved for the right type of people. And even in Jesus' Jesus's day, the highly religious first century Jewish society, you would show how important you were by like how pious and holy you lived your life. See, the truth is, in some way, we all feel we need to prove ourselves to others, ourselves, and God. And Jesus knew that that would only leave us with an empty life, a, a half-life. He knew that no matter how hard we try and whatever we use to prove to ourselves and others that we are acceptable, we will all, there will always be something lacking, something missing. There, we'll always have this fear that what we're trying to prove is it's just not enough. And Jesus taught that there's a better way that leads to a full, overflowing life, a life in the kingdom of heaven, where our worth is not determined by what we do or, or what we have, a life where we don't have to prove anything to be accepted because we're already accepted. And when we look at what Jesus said, what we'll see is the moment we accept that we are accepted, we stop having to prove anything to anyone. And whether you call yourself a Jesus follower or not, this is the invitation. What we're about to look at is the invitation Jesus has offered to all of us. So where does he start? Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. Jesus says, watch out. Like, what I'm about to tell you is a big deal. So pay attention because this desire to prove ourselves can really sneak up on us. And for those who have been with us and for this whole series and, and paying attention, you might be asking a question when Jesus says, don't do your good deeds in public. Because doesn't this contradict what Jesus said in chapter five, verse 16, where he said, in the same way, let your good deeds shine for all to see, like for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Like he says, don't do it in public. But then he, beforehand, he said, do it so everyone sees it. 
Is that a contradiction? No. See, as he said before, the point is your heart, our heart. Are we doing these things to prove something or is it because we are something? Are we trying to prove we're a good person or we're just doing it because we've been transformed into a God person? Are we trying to prove how great we are or to show people how great God is? See, our motivation for doing good proves who we really are. And if our motivation is to prove to others how great we are, Jesus says we lose what we actually want, what we actually need. He calls it a reward from our Father in heaven. He's talking about life in the kingdom of heaven. The life, the life he promises, that full, abundant life of peace and confidence and joy with a relationship with God. I mean, he, there also are, he talks about future rewards in the kingdom of heaven. When, when the kingdom of heaven fully arrives and comes and he establishes new heaven and new earth. And what those are exactly? I don't know, but I'm guessing they're pretty good. And then Jesus gives three examples, three illustrations of what it would mean, what it would look like to do these good deeds in public, giving to the needy, prayer, and fasting. All three of these are main parts of the Jewish religion and were at the time. And what Jesus is about to tell us is not like this code of ethics like we've talked about in other episodes. These are examples of actions that can be done either to strengthen our relationship with God or as a way to prove just how holy and pious we are. These are not things like if we should do them. The question isn't if we should do these things. Jesus is assuming his followers are doing them and and will do them. The point, as we said, is why. Why do people do these things? And so his first example really seems like the most common. And I think it's something that even happens today. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. And you might be asked, how is that even possible? Of course, like my left, I'll know that I'm giving and I'll probably even get that good feeling that I'm giving. Or you might be saying, well, if I write a check like to the church who helps the poor, then the person who deposits the check will know how much I gave and then I'll lose my reward. I don't know why we insist on taking Jesus so rigidly and literally. Like he is such a better communicator than that. He's using word pictures to get his point across. Jesus is saying, these people, these religious hypocrites, they they don't care about the poor. They're not actually caring about the poor. When they give to the poor, they blow horns so everybody gets their attention. They look at you so everyone thinks just, oh, wow, they gave so much. They're wonderful. They're so charitable. Jesus says, when your motivation is to actually help, when you love your neighbor because God loves them, then you are so unconcerned with getting attention, it is as if your hands aren't even paying attention to each other. And so Jesus calls these generous trumpet blowers hypocrites, which is a word in Greek that really came from the idea of actors who wore masks in the Greek plays. These are hypocrites who put on a mask and wasn't actually them. See, these people, they, they seem like good people, but their hearts are not changed. Their motivation isn't to help others. It's still just about themselves. And that momentary recognition that they want so bad is all the reward they're going to get. And then they're just going to be forgotten. Like, see, it doesn't impress God when other people are impressed with us. 
Think about it. Like, <laughs> how impressed are you when a random kid walks up to you in the grocery store and is like, I'm the most popular kid in third grade. And you're like, wait, you? All the third graders in your class know who you are? Wow. You don't care, right? Like, who cares? But that's what we do. Whether it's like giving to the needy or maybe sounding religious. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Which is, of course, why I try to keep my prayers short. See, these people, these religious hypocrites, had become so concerned about the image of practicing their religion and, and proving how holy they are, that they forgot the point of prayer in the first place. The point is communicating with God, connecting with God, and, and listening to God. Like, think about it. When you are in love with someone, you don't go on a date with them to prove that you're in love, right? You go because you want to be with that person. You want to talk to that person. You want to be around that person. You want to smell that person. Like, would it be much of a relationship if you only went out with them to, to prove your love to them or to prove to yourself that you love them or even to prove to others, oh, I hope they see this date because, you know, if the goal of the relationship is for people to say, wow, that person, they love that person so much. They're so cute. I wish I had that. That relationship is doomed, right? It would take all the joy and the fun out of it. If you have to prove it, you have to prove that you are it. Maybe you aren't really it, right? Like if you have to tell everyone how great you are, maybe you're afraid that you're not that great. And so who are you actually trying to convince? Listen, God people, which we talked about in the last episode, God people don't have to prove who they are. They get to just enjoy being what they are. And so praying, talking to God, reading scripture, reading the Bible comes from a desire to enjoy and know him and know his heart better. Not just to, not to prove how holy you are to yourself or others or, or God. The motivation is not to prove anything. It's just to know the God of love. And then Jesus gives an example of what this relationship, this, this connection is actually like. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, May your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. See, a relationship with God is a real, life-giving personal relationship that then flows into every other relationship where we forgive because we've been forgiven and we are so aware of the love that we have. See, a relationship with God is a daily awareness of and a reliance on the personal love of our Heavenly Father. And then Jesus gives us a third example. And when you fast, 
Don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled, so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting, except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father, who sees everything, will reward you. See, these people were like, were like, look how miserable I am. It's because I'm so holy. I'm fasting. <laughs> or, wow, I bet that burger really tastes good. I'd love a bite, but I'm fasting for God. They're hoping people will be like, wow, God must really like you. See, they're putting on a show of piety to impress people, which, as we said, does nothing to impress God. Now, if you've made it this far, you might be thinking, these examples, like, that's not me. These kind of seem silly and almost weird. Like, who would actually do this to impress people? Like, the idea of trying to impress people by showing how religious we are is really not an issue in our culture and community. Like, maybe in some church circles, maybe in the Bible Belt, but for us in Salem, in the Pacific Northwest, most of us are not trying to prove how great we are through our, our loud praying and our miserable fasting. Like, that's not going to impress anybody. So maybe it's not piety, religious piety, we use to prove ourselves. Maybe it's our success, like I said, or our career, or our wealth, or our cars, or our houses, or our clothes. Maybe it's our knowledge, our degrees, our appearance, our work ethic, our talent. Maybe what we use to impress people are our children or, or their intelli intelligence or their abilities or their behavior. Or maybe it's our commitment to our causes, right? Our commitment to our values, our commitment to justice or the environment, or our commitment to our country. See, the what of all those things isn't bad, but it's the why that really matters. And we are wearing ourselves out trying to prove ourselves, trying to impress people who, in the long run, don't care because they're so busy trying to prove how great they are. And if we're honest, and if we're the type of person that believe that there is a God or even a universal power, we're also trying to prove ourselves to him or, or it by doing enough good and doing the things we think we should and, and maybe even being as loving as we can. Listen, you don't have to prove anything to God. You don't have to prove anything to God. Why? Well, did you notice the common thread throughout this whole thing that we read of, of Jesus saying? Look at verse 4. He says, Give your gifts in private, and your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Verse 6. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Verse 8. For your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. And verse 18, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. See, we don't have to prove anything to God because he already sees us, he already knows us, and he already loves us. See, what we're talking about here is not this self-confidence you don't have to prove anything to anyone because you are you. No. It is confidence in God. It is confidence in his love. Think about it. If you have kids, why do you love them? Because they've proved, proven it to you, right? Like, did they prove that they were worthy and successful enough for you to notice them? 
No, that's what bad parents do. And you're not a bad parent. But see, bad parents make their kids feel like they have to prove themselves in order to earn their parents' love and attention. God is the perfect father. And he loves you because he's chosen to. And he will always choose to. And since he is actually the God of the universe, his opinion and his reward is really all that matters. When we don't have to prove anything to God, we don't have to prove anything to anyone else. Like, who cares what the other third graders think, right? And when we can accept and experience this kind of acceptance and care and love, we start to change. We find a confidence in his view of us. We want to know this loving God more, and we want to be more like him. Not so he can approve of us, but because it's who we are, we can't help but offer his love to those that he loves. And so my question is, what are we trying to prove? Like, who are we hoping others see us as? What are we doing to try to impress the world, to, to impress God? I want to tell you, relax. All of us are invited to a better and fuller life in the kingdom of heaven. But it doesn't just happen. It's not like just this thing that kind of happens to us. We have to choose to accept Jesus' invitation to have him as our center, to have to join his kingdom. And so if there's never been a point in your life where you've said, Jesus, I accept your invitation to this new life, to this kingdom. I want you to be my king, my friend, my savior, and my God. The moment is now. You are invited now to tell him that, to accept that. And once you do, I want you to know, for, for all of us who have done that and are thinking of doing that, this life takes practice. It doesn't just like magically happen for us. See, we are so wired to try to get the approval of others, so trained to need the approval of our, and, and to prove our, our value and our worth in order to be accepted. So for all of us to kind of start practicing and, and maybe even continue practicing this idea of accepting our acceptance by God, I have a little assignment. This week, let's read Colossians 3.23. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. It's for everything we do isn't for others. It's, it's really for God. And so let's read that this week, but don't just read it. Take the time to copy it down on a three by five card, a, a, a post-it note, and then put it somewhere where you will see it every week to know that what your motivation for what you do isn't to impress others. It's because you love Jesus and want to live for him. Just copy down Colossians 3.23 and then ask two questions. First, what am I trying to prove and to whom? I guess it's three questions. What am I trying to prove and to whom am I trying to prove it? And then, who do I think needs to prove themselves to me? Like, who have you kind of put on like, oh, I won't accept you unless you prove it to me that you're good enough to be accepted. See, the acceptance and the forgiveness Jesus offers to us is what we are expected to give and offer to each other. And maybe it's time to offer it to others and to let some people off of your hook. See, G Jesus offers all of us true life where we don't have to prove anything to anyone, even him. We don't have to worry about who's watching or, or whether someone's impressed with us or not. We just need to choose to accept his acceptance and then enjoy practicing the, to focus on it as we offer the same acceptance to those around us. This is the life that actually works. 
And this is the life your neighbors, your kids, your grandkids, and your friends are longing for. And it's available to all of us because of and through Jesus, who proved his love by living, dying, and rising for us. See, we have nothing to prove because Jesus already proved his love for us. Thanks for watching this content put out by Cross Creek Community Church. We are a church in Salem and we meet on Sundays at 4.30 p.m. at 525 Adelwood Drive. There's more information on our website or on the screen or in the description or show notes, but you can expect a few songs, a message, and communion. Uh, don't forget that we also have Youth Connect that happens after church on the first and third Sundays of the month, and that is from 6 to 7.30 and dinner is provided for those kids. That's available to any middle school or high schooler, and they don't even have to come to our church to attend. They can bring their friends and have a good time. Our Connect groups also meet weekly in homes, and there's space for you if you're interested in joining a small home group type community where you talk about the messages, pray together, and just before one another. There's information on our website about that as well. Lastly, it's October. So that means we have an October for Salem opportunity for you. And this one's a fun one. It's Boo Your Neighbor. You can make a treat or buy a treat and surprise your neighbor with it. It's a fun game to pass along and a great way to be for your neighbor and for Salem. We hope to see you in person one of these Sundays. Until then, see you later. Mm, watch out! Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is just verse one. Watch out! I don't know how to read watch out. Watch out! Watch out, guys! <laughs>